Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's me, Corey, and today I want to talk to you about meditation. This is the first episode in the Essential Tools segment of this season. If you remember, I told you in the last episode that I wanted to have the first six or seven episodes dedicated to the tools that I found most useful in my self-care and my self-relationship building adventure, so I will be able to refer back to them again and again once we get into the juicier topics later in the season. So tool number one meditation. I really hesitated to begin with meditation because when people hear the word meditation, it brings up a lot of feelings for people. They're like, oh my god, no, anything but meditation. I cannot meditate. I cannot sit on a cushion with my feelings for even five minutes, let alone half an hour. And this is definitely where I started. I had zero interest in meditation. My legs ached. My back would ache. I would be so bored. I thought this was the dumbest thing ever invented, and I couldn't see how sitting on a floor for five minutes a day was going to do anything for me when the world and all the people around me were literally losing their minds. So yes, I began from a very skeptical place, but the results don't lie. Because fast forward 10 to 15 years, and when I start to feel overwhelmed by my depression or anxiety, One of the first things I ask myself is, when is the last time you meditated, Corey? And the answer is usually, oh yeah, I stopped because I got too busy, or I was traveling, or I couldn't find the time, whatever it was. So now I'm a convert, because I can definitely see the ways meditation has helped me to reduce my stress and manage my anxiety, but it also helps me be calmer in just my day-to-day life, and not get so easily worked up about stuff, which I absolutely do sometimes. So I've really come to value it. That said, I want to share with you the stuff I wish I had heard when I was starting. I was introduced to meditation from many different directions, which is probably why I was so confused in the beginning. There was a 10-minute meditation at the end of a yoga class that I was taking, and the instructor basically says, get a cushion, close your eyes, let your thoughts go, as if any of that meant anything to me. I received a more comprehensive education from the audiobooks and tapes of Pema Chodron, a Buddhist nun from the Mahayana tradition of Buddhism. She's a white lady, born in America, but then after her second marriage kind of fell apart, she was looking for ways to cope with her grief and her jealousy and all the feelings that she had from essentially being abandoned by her husband. And eventually, through trial and error, she ends up becoming a Buddhist nun who specializes in helping Westerners be less neurotic. So basically, people like me. I also encountered meditation when I was training for my black belt. I studied Aikido and Weichiru for many years, which is a Japanese form of martial arts. And there's a bit of meditation in there and how you connect with the body in order to move it better and to sort of control your mind, the fear you experience when you're fighting, that kind of stuff. This meditation coming at me from every angle period of my life was both a good and a bad experience. On one hand, it was very clear to me that the universe wanted me to meditate. But on the other hand, there wasn't any 
clear sense of how I was supposed to do this. Like even the positions varied. Some meditators were on their knees with their legs together with their feet tucked under them. Others were sitting on their butts with their legs crossed in front of them. Maybe their hands could be on their legs. Maybe their palms were up or down. Their eyes were opened or closed. And so just I had no idea what I was supposed to be doing or even what a meditation practice was supposed to be providing me at the end of the day. It's like, y'all want me to invest this energy in this practice, but like, why? What, what's going to happen? So for all of these reasons, it took a really long time before I figured out what kind of meditation worked best for me. Me, being someone from a traumatic background, someone who has a lot of anxiety, emotional turmoil, negative thought spirals, things like that that need to be managed. Someone who is susceptible to stress and overwhelm and feeling like I do not have enough hours in the day to do all the things I need to do to be healthy and happy. In knowing these things about myself, there were three meditations in particular that ended up being the most useful to me. So I'll break them down for you now. Number one was awareness meditation. Number two is Tonglen. Tonglen is from Buddhism. It's spelled T-O-N-G-L-E-N. And that's something that Pema talks a lot about. So you can find more in-depth explorations of Tonglen if you look into her work. And I'll also have a link to Tonglen practice in the show notes if you want to check it out. But today I'll just be giving you my speedy version. And then the third meditation is gratitude. Awareness, Tonglen, and gratitude meditation. These were pretty much the most useful and versatile meditation practices for me. I use them all the time for a variety of situations and also for daily maintenance. Sometimes I do all three in the same 30-minute session or just one or two. It really just depends on what I need and how I'm feeling when I sit down to meditate. So let me explain a little more what each one entails. Awareness meditation is probably what people think of when they think of meditation. It's the go-within sort of stuff that we see in martial arts movies. But in practice, it can be either internal awareness or external awareness. For internal awareness practice, I'll look into my mind, at the thoughts I'm having, the emotions I'm feeling. For an external practice, my focus will be something around me. It could be my breath, the birdsong outside my window, the sound of a train in the distance, whatever. Just something that I can keep returning my attention to while I'm sitting. External awareness practice is the gateway to mindfulness, by the way. More on mindfulness later. So what does awareness meditation look like? Well, I'll sit down, I will soften my gaze. My eyes are open and what I'm really paying attention to is the periphery of my vision. I'm not looking at whatever is in front of me. The forward part of my gaze isn't like an intense death stare. It's pretty soft. My attention is mostly on the periphery or the side parts of my vision. And that's it. I'm just sitting there, relaxed as I can be, and I observe whatever comes up. That's my only job in awareness meditation is to observe. If it's an inward awareness meditation, I'm just seeing what comes up in my mind. So maybe I'm running through everything I need to do that day, or maybe I'm rehearsing that terrible conversation I have to have later with someone, or maybe I'm obsessing about that friend who won't text me back. Whatever it is, I just see it come up, and I'm not trying to stop thinking. That's impossible. That's exactly what the mind is built to do, to think. So instead, I just do one of two things. I can either say to myself, thinking, which basically acknowledges that these are thoughts that I'm having and it provides a bit of emotional distance I need to be able to let the thoughts go. And let it go was another one of um, these ideas that I really struggled with. What exactly does that mean? So for me, it means relaxing back into my body, returning my focus to the peripheral vision, to the soft vision, maybe listening to my breath or to my heartbeat, or usually it's listening to the pug snoring on my feet. 
since Charlie always joins me on the cushion. He thinks it's like, I don't know what he thinks it is, but as soon as I throw the cushion down, he jumps on the cushion with me. And that's it for internal awareness meditation. I just repeat this seeing, noting, letting it go cycle for as many times as I have to until my timer goes off. For external awareness, it's the same thing, except that instead of observing my thoughts or feelings, I'm focusing on the birds chirping outside the window, or then I'll listen to things closer to me, like my dishwasher or my furnace or whatever. So if I'm listening to the birds and then all of a sudden my phone goes off, ding, and I'm like, oh my god, could it be my friend finally texting me up? Instead of leaping up to check, I just return my attention to the birds again, or to my breath, or whatever point that I chose to focus on. Spoiler alert, it's never the friend texting you back. It's a 15% off coupon for Joanne's Fabric Store, just so you know. And if your attention is really squirrely, it's totally normal to only be able to do this for like a couple of minutes in the beginning where you're focusing on something, your thoughts wander away, you realize your thoughts have wandered away, and then you go back to focusing whatever you chose to focus on. I think I started with two minutes before I ended up with five minutes, and then five minutes became 10, and then 10 became 15. I think it was 15 minutes in before I even invested in a floor cushion. Before that, I was just doing the meditation in bed as soon as I woke up. But now, you know, I put a cushion down, I light some incense, I get a comfy blanket, I make it a whole, like, cozy session. Then I was stuck at 20 minutes for a long time until eventually I expanded it out to the 30 minutes that I like to do now. I could absolutely wax poetic about all the things awareness meditation has done for me on the mental health front, but I'll be doing that in future episodes, you'll see. So for the sake of moving on and keeping these episodes shorter, I'll just say that with practice, I was able to create a lot more space around my emotional reactions. If someone said something to me and I'd be like, oh my God, this jerk, and I'd start to react, you know, eight out of 10 times instead of two out of 10 times, I was able to see what was happening because I had been developing this awareness. I was able to be like, okay, look, I'm about to freak out on this person. Then if I could just maybe excuse myself or do something else, I was able to have a bit more control in the situation. Same for noticing a lot of triggers going off earlier in their cycle and being able to catch them before they turned into a problem. I have used awareness meditation to end my bulimia, my nail biting, gosh, so many things that I had a destructive pattern or habit around. As for Tonglin, the second type of meditation is the best for ventilating difficult emotions. I think in its full version, it has like six or seven steps. And again, I'll have that link to the full version in the show notes. But for here, my simplified version is just when you have a difficult emotion like anxiety, fear, overwhelm, anger, sadness, grief, whatever you need to work with, how you can add some relief and space to what you're feeling. So with my version of Tonglin, first I begin by thinking about that emotion. So for example, let's say I'm really angry about something. So I think about my anger and I try to churn it up as much as possible. And I know this sounds counterintuitive, but stay with me. I'm essentially inviting my anger in. I invite it in, I build it up to see how big I can get it. And all of this is sort of happening on the in-breath, by the way. And on the out-breath, I'm thinking, relax, release, relax, release, relax, release. And I'm just releasing my anger sort of out into the world. So in-breath, angry, 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 angry. Out-breath, relax, release, relax, release, relax, release. Now, there's another part to it, which is essentially what makes it Tonglin. And that is by taking the feeling beyond 
myself, beyond my situation. So what that looks like is on the out-breath, I'm thinking about everyone in the world right now who's so angry about something. Maybe their divorce is going poorly and they're being jerked around by their ex and the lawyers, or maybe they were cheated on or abandoned, or maybe they didn't get the justice they deserved, or maybe their friend really disappointed them. Whatever it is, I try to picture someone out in the world experiencing anger right there with me. Because if you think about it, you're never the only person feeling whatever you're feeling. With anger, for example, how many millions of people are out there, you know, pissed off at the exact same moment that I am? Plenty. So I can just use this to visualize sort of all of us together. I can picture these people in these situations if that helps me. And I hold on to that as I breathe in the anger, my anger and their anger, and then I breathe out relief for all of us. Don't forget that part. Don't forget this connection to other people. It's what makes it Tonglin. But there really is something special about sitting with an emotion like grief and thinking like, I'm not the only person right now who's out there really devastated by a loss or by a disappointment. And if someone's got to feel grief in this world, you know, let it be me. Like, give me all the grief in the whole world. And so you kind of think that while you're breathing in as if you're going to suck all the grief out of the world into you. Give everybody else peace. Give everybody else relief. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, a lot of us are wired for altruism or whatever, but it just does a really great job of ventilating this feeling and making it feel smaller and kind of emphasizing your connection to other people and the human experience. So I really encourage you to give it a try. If you're dealing with something difficult, just right there on the spot, start doing this kind of breathing in and out with whatever you're feeling. And if you're feeling something really powerful, you probably won't even need to do the first part where you're like conjuring up the anger to make it bigger if you're already like out of your mind. You know, you're not going to need to like build that up much. It's probably really present. Same thing for, you know, grief or sadness. If you're already really deep down in it, you'll probably just go straight to the give it all to me, let me breathe some relief for all of us part the second part now lastly the third meditation practice is gratitude and before you throw up in the back of your mouth it is really helpful if you're from a background like mine and you tend to see the world really negatively because the reality is is that when bad things happen to you over and over again your brain just begins to think that bad things are always going to happen or that the next thing that's coming is definitely a bad thing And so this negativity can build up if we let it, if we don't take steps to manage it. And gratitude meditation has been really helpful to me in managing my own negativity to keeping it at an acceptable level. So how it works, basically I just think about the things that I like, the things that make me happy, the things that I'm glad that they exist in the world. So that can be my wife Kim, my dog Charlie, my beautiful, safe, calm house a warm cookie from the oven, making a cup of tea, that feeling of falling into your bed at night after a long day, Um, hugs, flowers, walking on a beautiful sunny day, anything, really just anything you can think of that makes you smile. You can even make a list ahead of time if you feel like you're not going to be able to come up with something on the spot. So I just picture my happy things or look at my list of happy things and I go through it and I'm smiling. It's really important to smile. I smile all the way down into my gut. I've got to do this deep smiling to combat the deep well of sadness I carry within me, frankly. (laughs) And you might think this sounds insane, just sitting on your cushion, thinking happy thoughts and smiling down into your guts. But wait until you try it and you will feel even crazier than it sounds. 
But no, seriously, if I'm having a really low day, this at the very minimum will shift me to a more workable state so that I have a bit more willpower and energy to to kind of just make it through. It's not like I hop off the cushion and all my problems are gone. That would probably be like demonic possession. <laughs> and maybe you did something freaky with your incense before you started. I don't know. But it does just add a lot of space around difficult feelings or even if you were just having a totally fine day and you do gratitude meditation you're just a little perkier afterwards and there's already a lot of evidence that shows that when we smile even when it's fake if we smile long enough that we do make physiological changes in our body so our body will begin to feel happier even if we were not happy and we were faking it was a study where this woman had people hold um, pencils in their teeth. So they were essentially forced to smile because of the shape your mouth makes if you hold a pencil between your teeth. And then they tested their blood before and after to see if they were, in fact, demonstrating happiness on a cellular level, I guess. I'll link to that study in the show notes of this episode if you want to learn more. So I take my seat. I usually have a personal goal of meditating 30 minutes a day. So I build a kind of sequence based on where I am at any given time. If it's a normal day, I might do 25 minutes awareness and 5 minutes of gratitude. If I've got an annoying but not overwhelming emotion, I might do 10 minutes awareness, 15 minutes Tonglen, 5 minutes of gratitude. Or if the emotion is huge and I think I'm going to absolutely lose it on someone if I don't get myself together, then I'll probably do 5 minutes of awareness, 25 minutes of Tonglen, and then the gratitude can wait for tomorrow. If, on the other hand, my negativity is really out of control and I'm complaining about everyone and everything, then it better be probably 10 minutes awareness and 20 minutes of gratitude. Now, if you're just starting out, I recommend that you focus on awareness meditation pretty much for anything under 10 minutes. That's just my personal opinion. Leveling up my awareness has had huge benefits uh, for me personally, managing big emotions as well as negativity, breaking bad habits, being aware of what I need and what's happening within me. So I definitely recommend you start there. And also try to make your meditation practice fun if you can. Like I said, I light some incense. I have a special cushion. Charlie, my pug, knows what's up as soon as I throw my cushion down. He settles in on his cushion because, yes, I have to put down a second cushion for my dog or I have nowhere to sit. And we snuggle under a blanket together and it's just like a nice little interlude to the morning. But if you're thinking, oh my god, I do not have time to do 30 minutes with cushions and incense and all of that, it's totally fine. Like I said, just do a minute or two in the morning as soon as you wake up. Before you get out of your bed, just breathe and practice awareness. And then again at night, one or two minutes in your bed before you go to sleep. You'll just have to not get on your phone right away. Or spend, you know, two minutes less on your phone than you would normally. Okay, so that's it for meditation. I really hope it was helpful, and I will be back in the next episode with your essential tool, journaling, and all the different ways you can use journaling to work with your mess of a mind. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash if you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. 
And as always, thank you for listening.